that was also the year that I did enter Miss Golden Isles. I had turned 18, I was a senior in high school. And so he opened this door that I never even saw myself entering. And with that brought hashtag rise up and all the other stuff that we've talked about. And so as much as I was so angry and so depressed and so upset, um, I can look back on my story now and see that you know God had a plan for me. Welcome back, everybody, and let me just say, this is a good one. Alyssa Beasley is a forever Miss Georgia, the current Miss Georgia USA, and a dear friend of mine. I actually crowned Alyssa Beasley Miss Southeast Georgia the year that she won Miss Georgia and was honored to be her fourth runner-up that year. Alyssa is an amazing young lady of Christ. She is so passionate about her platform and today she shares all of it. The ups and the downs through her journey, pageant related, dance related, college related, just everything. The obstacles she's encountered and the doors that God has opened through the pain and the beauty that's come from it. And let me just say, it's an incredibly inspiring episode. So if you need something to uplift you on this fabulous Monday, make sure you keep listening. Hey there, Sarah here. I'm a dual STEM major, dance instructor, pageant veteran, and a normal college student learning to navigate life one cup of coffee at a time. I thrive strutting my stuff on stage and even with my nose in the books. But what really sets my soul on fire is trying to inspire others by helping them reach their full potential. Everyone needs a mentor and everyone can be a mentor. So thanks for joining me today for a show full of fun self-development content. We're gonna have a blast. You're listening to the There She Mentors podcast. Thank you, Alyssa, for being on today. I'm super excited. Let's just start off with you telling everyone a little bit about yourself. I'm sure a lot of people listening probably know a lot about you, or at least some would, but, you know, just kind of tell them where you're from, um, you know, what you're studying in college and how you got to where you are today. So I have been born and raised in South Georgia. We aren't actually too far away from each other, Sarah, which is always kind of cool. So you know my area better than probably some of your listeners, but I grew up on the coastal area, Brunswick, Georgia, uh, next to St. Simons and Jekyll Island, Sea Island. It's a beautiful place to grow up. And I grew up a dancer and gymnast wholeheartedly. I was very dedicated to all endeavors that I was pursuing. And that included school. The only time I ever received a B was in fifth grade. And I'm pretty sure it was still an 89. (laughs) So yeah, when when all was said and done, once I made it to high school, I was pretty proud of my um, scholastic accomplishments. And uh, on top of that, just everything I had learned and achieved through gymnastics and dance. And I know we can kind of get into my testimony a little bit more. So I won't dive into that yet. But I'm currently at UGA. I am still an undergrad because I took off a year as Miss Georgia and now a year as Miss Georgia USA. But I am a health and physical education major, a non-certification emphasis, and I plan on opening and operating my own dance and fitness studio. I love it. Well, that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you because I knew you were doing something in the fitness realm as far as your major went, but I couldn't remember exactly what it was. And I'm a huge, I guess I kind of call myself a majors nerd, like as many tours and things like that that I give on (laughs) campus. I'm just always interested in, you know, what are you studying and why do you enjoy it and what brought you to this point? So 
as being, you know, through your journey as Miss Georgia and Miss Georgia USA, are you still planning on the same career that you were before? Or is there something that you've encountered throughout both of those positions and your journeys that's kind of changed the trajectory of your career path? It has definitely changed. Uh, Even if you go back and look at a few of my first interviews as Miss Georgia America, uh, at the time I was still saying I was going to pursue um, a a career in physical therapy. And since then, I think honestly, that year is what kind of made me wake up and realize my true passions. And before I really realized exactly what I wanted to do, I'm not saying I didn't have a a passion or desire to do physical therapy. I think I was just trying to put too much on my plate and uh, knowing I was going to have to split my time between two careers that I would have wholeheartedly enjoyed wasn't necessarily something I thought about until I became Miss Miss Georgia America. Mm -hmm. And throughout that year and really diving into my platform, which is hashtag rise up impact through the arts, I realized my calling was to be a teacher and a mentor. And finally, uh, through another topic that we can talk about incorporating the women's empowerment movement, I finally built the courage to say, you know, it's okay that I don't want to pursue this this higher education of becoming a physical therapist. I know my calling and I know my passion. And I'm very content with where I'm at now, learning about, you know, so much that I didn't even realize I was missing out on if I wouldn't have focused on it. Mm-hmm. And very excited to hopefully have that business and be an entrepreneur in the next couple of years. It's really funny that you say that because, you know, we've never talked about this because we've known each other for years at this point because we originally met the first year that we both competed at Miss Georgia. Mm -hmm, And my whole career path, everything has gone up and down for so many years because I kind of have a similar... I don't know, we're going to stay on this for just a second, because like you said, with the women's empowerment movement, I think this is honestly really important. And I talk to a lot of girls about this. Whenever you're someone who tends to be very high achieving, like you said, you know, you always valued your academics and everything of that nature. You know, for someone that's so high achieving and you value those grades and you value um, just reaching for success and goals, but then you have kind of a creative passion on the side, it's kind of hard to figure out where you want to go and how to balance that. And there's a lot of just societal pressures too that can lead you in lots of different directions. Oh, for sure. Uh, Yeah, and um, you know, we can go ahead and talk about this if you want, Sarah. Let's go for it. But I honestly never really came out with with my opinion or views on the women's empowerment movement and what that meant to me until this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that I've had this change of heart and desire for what I want to do in my life because it it really brought this new, um, almost like understanding of people that I may not have connected with prior to wanting to change my career path. And that's in the realm of the women who still want to lead these lives and have these jobs and careers that may not be what society deems as important or glass Mm -hmm. ceiling breakers. But I think what can be even more empowering than saying, you know, women have to go into STEM, which I agree with. I think that's so beautiful that we have women pushing these barriers and reaching for equality and shattering the glass ceiling. But at the same time, telling women that they have the strength and ability and the possession over their own life, and they can make that decision, that distinction between what it is they want and have a passion over, 
take control of it and go after those dreams. Whether that's a teacher, whether that's being a mother, whether that's a dance instructor, whether that's a doctor, a nurse, or lawyer, it doesn't matter. But let's support women in every realm and facet of life that they choose to, to participate in. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really discovered that distinction when I used to talk about going to, to PT school and having the reactions I did from people, especially women. Um, you yeah. know, they were so interested in my career path and my choice and what led me to to that decision and you know the first few times I started to let the PT go it was scary I don't know why but I had this like pit in my stomach just drop and I didn't understand why until I guess you know later when I started thinking about it and processing what I guess society tells us is you know better And when I started talking about, you know, I'm studying health and physical education, most people would just say, oh, that's cool. You know, it wasn't the same reaction. And then they said, what are you going to do with that? And I said, I want to be a dance instructor. And it's just the reactions. They seemed different. And it broke my heart because if only I could tell them what I've experienced with, with my platform, with the work I've done, with dance, what it's done for me in my life. And how I, as a teacher and a mentor, will be the foundation for future generations to grow and prosper. I will be able to help them achieve those goals and dreams and destinies. And um, I think it's just working to change that stigma around teachers, mentors, mm-hmm. and, and, and some of the careers that we don't deem as important right now. And I think that's just a societal structure that we've, you know, come from, that stems from the women's empowerment movement. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it's just a conversation that we can all have, um, especially for women supporting women, just supporting everyone who wants to follow a passion. You know, Mm -hmm. money aside, what is it that you would want to do if money was not a factor? And that is what's important. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I, I don't know. Societal pressures are difficult anyway, but especially for women in the sense of the fact that you look at where we've come from and where we are now, and like you said, there are so many glass ceiling breaking careers like STEM. I mean, I'm going to have two STEM degrees, Mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of both of them. And as much as I love math and engineering, and I love all the experiences I've had through that, I just as much enjoy being able to sit down and tutor a student and help them understand why that math is important and help them navigate through the scary waters of math and engineering and in the same way be a teacher and a mentor in those subjects that I so much enjoy. But you get a much different reaction when you say you want to be a teacher versus an engineer. Yes. Or a dance instructor versus a physical therapist. And it really is heartbreaking. And it's a really, like you said, it's a really tough thing to navigate because there's something important in each of those. And even though we have this equality where women are now recognized to be just as smart and I hate to say this, but it's just kind of how things are important. Mm -hmm. We've always been just as important, you know, Um, but those domestic nurturing traits have never been deemed as important, but it's those Mm -hmm. nurturing traits that make us who we are. And I guess that's why you see women in those roles so many times. And it's like, because we're in this, um, this time where we can do really whatever we want to do, it's almost looked down upon whenever we do want to choose something that is on the opposite side of the stem, the glass ceiling that, you know, mm-hmm. you go girl, you go do whatever you want to do. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking, <laughs> but I mean, it's a difficult, it's difficult waters to navigate. I'm glad to hear that that really has changed the trajectory for you as well. 
Yeah, it's it's so. been a really great opportunity. And like we're having Absolutely. now, I think it's uh, provided a conversation that many people, mm-hmm. even myself prior to this, didn't think about. You know, I used to think, you know, I had to be a PT. I've worked so hard in school. I've done all of this and that, my grades and all the extracurriculars. You know, I have to do something big. But the something big may be just changing one individual's life and giving them hope that they may not have had to continue on. And, you know, that's that's what I feel my calling is now. Oh, I'm getting chills. Oh, I know. um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just as big or bigger in a lot of ways, you know. Exactly. And I think whenever you especially you having had two state level titles, but anybody that's been through a pageant system or a volunteer organization where you're working with people all the time. People are what's important to us, you know? Like, you see the difference that you make in the life of someone, and impacting that one person is really what blesses you in a oh, way. Oh, absolutely. In so I mean, that's, that's why I tried to go for another title. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here we are. And, you know, unfortunately with COVID, it, it hasn't turned out exactly like I had hoped. But at the same time, I'm still making the most of it and trying to connect on a personal level to the best mm-hmm. of my abilities because that's, that's what I wanted do. to do. Yes. Yeah. So you have obviously met a lot of people through both of these titles. Yes. In addition, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question because in addition to the conversation that we just brought up, there's a lot of tension in society, you know, politically, just in so many different ways. And it's hard to put this into words just because I'm always so afraid to offend someone, quite honestly. But... How can we love people better? That's such a simple question. But I know you being out in the public a lot more. And I mean, I know it's Miss Georgia. We'll have to talk about that in a minute. Specifically, it's Miss Georgia since you did have that whole year actually not at home doing things virtually. You're somewhere different every day. And you're in contact with so many different types of people of Mm -hmm. all colors, races, gender, you know, everything. I mean, what have you seen that's maybe changed your perspective in the midst of this very interesting and politically driven heartbreaking climate that just how can we love people better how can we love each other better you know I've had so many conversations Sarah the last month it seems like honestly it may have started before that but you know I, I think it really just comes down to people wanting to step back and listen to someone else um it's a choice you have to make that choice and understand that not everyone has the same story as you and for as many assumptions as you can make about someone you still don't know them unless you ask Mm -hmm. and i think that's why we've seen people become more understanding and having these conversations and being open about the topic and you know, sometimes it can be incredibly uncomfortable, but that's how we, we process. That's how we grow. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that's where the potential of our future can come from. That stems from um, an understanding and a conversation, bridging the divide and and trying to have at least some sort of connection, even if we have no idea what someone else has been through. Uh, for me, you know, a phrase that you and I both know very well is conviction and compassion. Mm -hmm. I think during such uncertain times, whether it's the, the racial tensions that we're having and black lives matter and COVID and everything else that's going on, not just here, but internationally, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's so important to stay up to date on, on what's going on. Even if you can't watch it every single second, 
tune in to what's going on around you, to the people that are, are being affected and have a conviction over that belief. I think that's so important before you can even have compassion. Because in order to have compassion, you have to have understanding. And you're not going to have that understanding unless you have conviction. And so um, that's a phrase that I've lived by. I know you know it very well because Scott yeah. Marchbanks, who we both love dearly, uh, had told it to us before we went to compete at Miss Georgia. Mm-hmm. And ever since he has said that phrase to both of us, I have held on to it dearly and tried to apply it in so many areas of my life. And I think that's where the love can stem from because you can't love someone without respecting, respecting them. Scott had mm-hmm. said that as well. And I think that that is so true in everything that we do is in order to love someone, you have to respect them first. You have to have an understanding of where they come from and a sense of compassion and empathy for their story and their journey. Absolutely. And going off of that, we sat through so many roundtables with Scott. Just oh, yeah. having discussions <laughs> with each other. Uh, you know, the maybe between five and ten girls that were going to compete those two years that we did yeah, that together. Yeah, about so. And it, it is so important, and this kind of brings me back to something I've learned just from interview, but it's so important in just the world in general. You know, we obviously are brought up with some biases because of where we've been raised, our parents' biases and their opinions. You know, we have opinions all around us, and you're exactly right. It's so important just to understand someone to understand the situation. That's one thing that I did, you know, whenever you were looking at like a political topic, I wanted to know everything about the background of that topic, what was going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I had to know everything about it before I could make my own informed decision. Exactly. And that, I mean, it's the exact same with people, you know, you can never understand someone's life because you've never stepped in their shoes. And I think that's important to remember both ways, you know, it, it does go both ways whenever it, it comes does. to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. that. But it is important to remember, and that's with any topic, not just what we're dealing with now in um, the last several weeks, in the last month. Um, I mean, it's been going on more than that, obviously, but it's come to light even more in the last month or so. It's important for so many different topics. And I don't know, that's something that I've learned. I'm sure you can probably say the same, is just be educated. And especially with COVID and Black Lives Matter in the last several months, I think it's disheartening because we hear the exact same thing every day and it's really easy to tune out. But I think that's when it's probably even more important to it be is. aware and oh, just listen to what's going on around you. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, is if we tune out, the same thing will, will happen again. Mm-hmm. We won't have this conversation for another few months until someone else's life is taken unnecessarily. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's the hard part is continuing a conversation that may get tiring or um, frustrating or even, you know, aggravating to the point where you're unfriending people, but we have to have conversations and we have to have understanding. And sometimes that means putting your own tension aside and sometimes even your own opinions and just listening to someone else who did not grow up like you. And that could be religion, race, Mm -hmm. uh, culture. It doesn't matter. We have so many beautiful differences in this country that we could all learn something from someone who isn't like us. And I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are different as well. It's so enlightening and it's so refreshing whenever you can just meet someone who's willing to have an objective conversation. Well, I think we had more... Yeah, well, you know, Sarah, yeah. I think that goes back to our roundtables. You know, I think mm-hmm. back to, what, the eight to ten girls we had. And it's such a hopeful picture because 
we did vary on a lot of issues and we had such civil conversations and I felt like I gained such a better understanding of the people within our community just because we were having those conversations and expressing ideas and learning about information that I didn't know. You know, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about in our history (laughs) and what was going around, but because we were able to come together and do it because we wanted to learn more, we wanted to be more educated and we wanted to feel comfortable and confident in our interview, we were able to put our differences aside and listen. And I think that was just Mm -hmm. such an encouraging moment. It is for sure. And I just... I wish we could all do that, but I mean, you're right. I think that's the answer if we could actually just finally do it, you know, because you're right, it's a cycle. It happens, this happens over and over and over again, and it's a continuous cycle, but conviction and compassion, those are two very, very good things to be the first takeaway of today for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <would> be proud. <laughs> he would be so proud. I'll have to make sure I send him the link and make sure he listens. So, um, now, let's jump back to your platform just a little bit because your platform is hashtag Rise Up, and I know it has a lot to do with your dance background. Yes, it so does. share that with everyone, just kind of your elevator pitch, and then we'll, we'll dive deep into it. Okay, so elevator pitch first. This is an initiative that we now call it. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't use platform anymore. An initiative. Nope. But... Um, In any case, it's my own, and it is the work that I created about five years ago just to provide opportunities to students and individuals um, ranging in abilities and backgrounds, whether that be at-risk households or households and uh, disabilities or even just the affluent kids who may not know anything about dance, just Mm -hmm. trying to touch so many different lives and really just dive into the heart of mentoring and sharing the positive impact the arts can have on an individual, a community, and um, ourselves mentally and physically. And what has that looked like specifically? I know you've done lots of different things with your platform and had a lot of different (laughs) approaches as well. It's been a whirlwind. I, You know, I tell you, you could probably attest to this too. When you kind of start a platform, it can be messy. Mm -hmm. But I'm really proud of the progress that I've made through the work that I've done and and really gearing it towards very specific environments, Um, whether that be having partnered with the Boys and Girls Club or Chattooga Gymnastics and Dance. um, There's really specific organizations I've been able to align myself with at some point in time that either were working with kids considered with at-risk advantages or disadvantages in the household, a single-parent household hold and incomes um and then also working with kids who have disabilities and that was in itself just a very uh interesting transition in my platform it was Mm -hmm. an awakening experience and a very humbling experience and has now also shifted my heart to what I want to do with my my personal entrepreneurship (laughs) endeavors and opening my business but Overall, it's just trying to get opportunities to teach dance, to talk about dance. There's so many important just things. I don't want to say things. I hate that word. But (laughs) that come with dance. Um, The development and betterment of youth through multiple senses. You know, you're using memory and sensory and movement and rhythm and sound and textures. And all of that is helping to build a stronger individual. And what I love too about hashtag impact through the arts, hashtag rise up, 
you think about STEM all the time. We always talk about STEM, but we don't talk about STEAM enough, the incorporation of the arts for the sciences and mathematics. Mm -hmm. Because what's so important with these curriculums is you need that creative side in order to continue to advance, to have that uh, intuitive and innovative mindset. And what's really cool is throughout my time, too, having even written papers and done projects now in school because of Hashtag Rise Up, you learn so much about what some of these programs with with doctors and um, technology-based individuals are now incorporating the arts into their programs, making Mm -hmm. sure that they have that curriculum so that they can widen and open the horizons of those who are going to be in creative environments. And that is STEM. So STEAM's been really important for me, um, really just trying to reach any kid I can and, and teach a dance class, talk about dance, mentoring. I mean, that's just a big part of it. But I, I've been really happy with the progress. I've spoken with so many schools across the state. <laughs> I've thankfully been to uh, the Georgia House floor to been recognized for my initiative, which was a really awesome Amazing. event. Yeah, it, it, that was something like I probably will never experience again. <laughs> But overall, I'm just happy with what it's done for me. We also have a scholarship program that's associated with Fusion National Dance Competition where teachers or or parents can send in um, an essay about a student who may not have the opportunities to perform on stage. And if selected, they will have uh, that chance to finally come to a competition and perform with the reduced or completely discounted rate of just coming and and having that opportunity. So that's been something that's been really incredible too and definitely a working (laughs) progress. But, um, you know, just some of the feedback that we've had from that, some of the essays sent in, they're just, they're so touching. And I think seeing these dance teachers so invested in these children's lives is another reason I want to go into becoming a dance teacher, having my own business, and hopefully mm-hmm. incorporating a, a program that works with children who have disabilities. Yeah. And I want to talk about what that's going to look like as well. Because, I mean, I've taught, and I know you've taught on a totally different level than I have, but um, I've been teaching at my childhood studio for the last five years. And you're right. Whenever you really love kids and you love to mentor, like there is no other bond than that bond between a teacher and a student. And it's amazing. So especially whenever you talk about um, having kind of that partnership and that heart for students with special um, special abilities or disabilities, kind of what do you have in mind for your studio? You know, do you want to incorporate that in? Um, do you have kind of the competition aspects? I know that that kind of runs in your family <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, kind of what do you have in mind for your studio? What kind of impact are you wanting to make in the community? I, if that question kind of made sense. Yeah, I mean, if okay. there were no barriers, I yeah. I would like to make the biggest impact I can. And for right. me, that would be having a competition team, having my recreational team, having my own class for students who have special abilities. Um And I say that because when I worked with Chattooga Gymnastics and Dance, that was right before I won the title of Miss Georgia, Mm -hmm. that was specifically designed for students who had disabilities. That was it. Um, And these students, I mean, they would drive sometimes over an hour 
almost every other day each week just to come and and take classes at that studio that was their specialty that was something that they were really invested in and so to be a part of that environment that really changed my heart and my mind on what all I wanted to incorporate into my studio so I, I would love to have a an opportunity to to work really closely with these kids So much so that I even looked at getting um, a special disabilities uh, certificate here at UGA just to have, you know. I think that would be just Mm -hmm. something great to have on hand with a a business like this. But also trying to incorporate um, some fitness programs. Because I am studying health and physical education, I will have the opportunity to get certified as a, a trainer. And so to try to bring in some of the older individuals in the community and and provide Pilates classes or Zuma classes and just really try to incorporate everyone, have something for everyone to take. I think that's the best way to really get involved in the community and know the community, uh, their wants and their needs, and then really just invest my time and my heart into them. Love that. Absolutely. And you mentioned, obviously, that organization that you worked with a lot. For someone that might be listening to this and you know, they might have a dance background, they might not have a dance background, but if they're really interested in this, is there an organization, um, maybe a national organization that you would advise that someone would get involved with if they really want to get involved with um, something close to your platform? Absolutely. So this isn't going to be directly aligned with dance, but I will say this. Um, The Boys and Girls Club of America Mm is always in need of volunteers and that's where I started my work with hashtag rise up I was teaching on a bi-weekly basis for about a year at my local boys and girls club and yes you, you may have to jump through a few hoops you're gonna have to go through an interview process you may have to sign some forms you may have to do a background check but I promise it's so worth it when you get to work with these kids and be so hands-on with them and mentor them and guide them they may not have another opportunity like that to work with someone who is dedicating their time in a special direction. Uh, you think about Misty Copeland. She was discovered because of a dance class at a boys and girls club. I mean, that is how she got her start. And so I think That's it's crazy. so important that individuals like us who may have the ability to dedicate even just time once a week to work with students in in a program like this, it it could really change a life and make an impact that you may never even see, but you would hope it's there. Yeah. That's awesome. I I volunteered in ours a a bit too, and it really can be heartbreaking to see. Well, I say in the boys and girls club and even in just your public school system sometimes just heartbreaking to see the lack of support and guidance that a lot of these kids have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many times you can find a, a local boys and girls club nearby, so that is a great thing to get involved in. But let's kind of navigate over to your year is Miss Georgia USA amidst the pandemic. Uh, yes. <laughs> if national pageant organizations were not already incredibly social media focused, mm-hmm. they definitely are now. Yes, they are. Like, oh my gosh. So oh, yes. What have you been doing? I mean, I've, I follow you on social media, of course, but, you know, share some of the things that you've been doing to share your platform and just remain relevant and present on social media with everyone in the state. I will say <laughs> social media is not my forte. However, I have learned so much since March. I tell you, I never anticipated doing as much on social media as I have, but I'm very grateful for what I've learned. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I could be as negative as I want about the pandemic and all the things I'm missing out on and the way Miss USA is going, but I'm very grateful for the time that I had to learn more about social media because facing the facts, it's not going away anytime soon for any of oh, us. Oh, no. Absolutely It, it can only better, you know, my business in the future, of, mm-hmm. you know, my personal growth. And so I think um, learning a lot in a very short amount of time because I had to, whether that be, you know, learning how to take videos and HD on a phone, you don't have to have a camera or, you know, learning how to do podcasting stuff like this. I think it's just, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. I learned a lot about Zoom, which I had never used before, oh, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. And um it's been a different year. I mean, we will definitely never forget this year, us as, as title holders. And I think it makes us very unique. I hope it makes us rememberable. But, um, you know, even if it doesn't, I think each of us has gained something that we can take into the future once this reign is over. Because I have spent now more time at home in quarantine than oh, I, <laughs> I have as Miss Georgia USA out and about. So, um, yeah, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. None of us really at this point. We didn't anticipate this, so we can't really anticipate anything else. But I'm grateful for what I've learned. I've taken more time for myself, too, during the pandemic. And uh, trying to get back to a few of my roots, I've taken up sign language again, which is really awesome. And trying to read more. And I've been journaling more and listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, it's been good. And social, again, social media, I've been having fun with, with making videos and thinking about the content that I want to post and mm-hmm. what's going to be relevant, what resonates not just with me, but the people who follow me. Yeah. And um, I've had more time to do that, which is incredible. So I'm very grateful for that time in order to make it uh, more quality <laughs> instead of yes. quantity. Yes. Right. And I, I think that's a plus. I mean, not that... A pandemic is a positive thing by any means, but when you have to take the hand that you're dealt and just go with it, if anything, a lot of us busybodies have been forced to slow down, take up something new, like you yes. said, get back to your roots. And I think that, if anything, has definitely been a positive. And I know you've posted some fitness things on social media as well. (laughs) I would always take fitness advice from you because A, you look amazing and B, obviously you're studying that. So do you have, what is like your favorite sort of, I guess, fitness tip or thing that you do daily or just very frequently that, you know, you've learned in school or you've learned through swimsuit competition, whatever it may be. So this is going to not be where you think I'm going to take it. But I think the tip is going back to what I used to know. And I think this is going back to what everyone used to know. Think back to like PE class. If maybe you were in like a sport, Um, you don't need a gym. I think a lot of us have learned that again. We don't need a gym to be physically fit and healthy and active. And I have absolutely loved getting back to the basics, using body weight, uh, maybe two, three pound weights or ankle weights, and just really uh, sculpting my body the way I want, feeling good about how I'm working out and not stressing about, oh, I'm not getting to the gym today. I'm taking out, you know, an hour just to drive to the gym. Using what you have around your house can be so valuable. And we have been blessed with uh, one sponsor in particular 
for Miss Georgia USA, uh, Angelo Frazier, who actually specializes in this exact content. So he only uses the body weight stuff that you need at home. So a two or three pound weight, sometimes a five pound weight, and then just ankle weights. And that's all you need. That's and so amazing. I think um, a lot of us are finding that out again, but that is my one tip is don't stress out if you can't pay you know, 20 to $50 a month to go to a gym, you don't need it. There are so many items that you can use around the house, whether that's cans for like canned goods, um, you can use shopping bags as weights. I've been using like my bed or step stools to like do like step up work. There's so many items that you can find and get creative with. And so I think that's something else that the pandemic has taught so many of us just by watching like TikTok videos and stuff. We've seen yeah. some of the creativity <laughs> that people have come up with. But yeah, I, I hope if anything, people can take that away knowing that pretty much my entire reign, how I'm preparing for swim so is at home in my bedroom half the time. <laughs> well, I have no doubt that you'll look amazing and I know you do now. So that's great. Oh, thank you. And I think too, this is kind of another thing that I tend to think about, especially just going back to those societal standards and everything that we do see. You know, as positive as social media is, it can be an information overload sometimes. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. I think I've heard so many things and, you know, I, I've been working full time the last few weeks. So I'm kind of retraining my brain to get in my fitness regimen after all the craziness that's been going on but just you hear so many opinions about fitness and health so many times so just to get back to the basics is a very good thing sometimes I think I keep telling myself keep it simple stupid like just just do the easy (laughs) thing that literally is what I've been telling myself I'm such a planner I'll sit there and try to make this elaborate like fitness plan and meal plan and then of course it's way too difficult and I'm way too busy and it all goes to crap and I'm like keep it simple stupid literally just get back to your roots it's fine do the do this I'll say this too and this is something that I am retraining myself right now because I am quite busy just the last few weeks, I have a few course overloads right now on top of yeah. working in Miss Georgia USA. So the last month has been very intense. You know, again, on top of the pandemic and racial tensions and staying up All to date things. and listening and learning. And um, I started ignoring my body, my, my health. And uh, it really showed a difference. You know, just going a week without doing anything, not even getting up to walk for 10 minutes. I really saw a difference in my mental state and my emotions Mm-hmm. And once you get out of that habit, it's hard to retrain yourself to get back in. And so it this is. past week, I've been making myself get up just an hour earlier than I would have just to start out my day by doing even just a little bit. Maybe that's just 10 push-ups, running for like five minutes. I mean, nothing, just, you know, a good warm-up, some jumping jacks, uh, some some exercises that I can do with abs and, and call it a day. You know, it doesn't even have to be over 30 minutes, but doing something just to get my day started right uh, you know, it's going to be hard to wake up a little bit earlier, but yeah. if everyone could just dedicate even 30 minutes, you will see such an improvement in your life. You won't believe it. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And that's something I'm, like you said, once you get out of it, it's hard and things it get is. busy. I can't imagine how busy you are, but I think, you know, I've transitioned from my school schedule to like a 40 hours a week in an office again and that for some reason that drains me more than it probably should I don't know so but it's a momentum thing you get out of it and you stay out of it but it's like if you can get yourself moving I always feel better and then that momentum tends to carry me through the week whenever I can actually get up and and get something done so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a really good tip as well oh yes all right so those are all the questions that I specifically had for you but I know there's so much more we could talk about let's just chat a little bit about your journey kind of how you jumped into pageants competing 
the two amazing national titles. How many other women have held both the Miss USA and Miss America organization state title in Georgia? Do you know? I'm sure you do. Just one. It's Amanda it Kozak-Milliner. Okay. Yes. She is the only other woman to hold both Georgia titles. I love it. And Amanda, because I held a teen and a Miss title in Warner Robins, which of course is where oh, she's yeah. from. So I've worked with her since I was 16 or 17 throughout, you know, sporadically. I love her. At different, I love her too. She is amazing. So we have two very amazing women to hold that fun fact. Mm, and thank you. it's such an honor. I mean, it's amazing. And I know you've learned a lot through both of those organizations and they're very different. So whatever you want to share, you know, just kind of walk us through your journey, your testimony and um, yeah. Okay, so, uh, Sarah, I don't even know. I, I don't know if I've actually ever asked you this, but how long have you been doing pageants? I know you did some of the teen <laughs> system stuff, yeah. but I don't actually know when you started. Well, I was not as um, as gifted as you were to jump right in and just go for it. I've been competing since I was 10. Okay, not, okay. Well, not in the Miss Miracle, just in pageants in general. It took me two years to even win a local pageant. I was incredibly shy and had a lot of negative self-talk towards myself Mm, mm -hmm. so this has literally been like a 13-year growing process that's incredible but I did start competing in the teen organization when I was 13 it took me three years to finally get to Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen I went to Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen twice once did not see anything not even, you know, literally nothing, but it was fun. It was a experience. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I had a dance teacher um, whenever I still, the studio that I teach at now, whenever I still took dance there as a junior high student, my dance teacher had been in Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen, and something she told me, which has stuck with me for years, and I tell a lot of girls this because a lot of girls do, you know, take forever to actually get there. She said, Sarah, I had to pay my dues, and you very likely will have to do that too. So mm. I did what she said. I paid my dues. Uh, but yeah, long story short, I've been competing for a long time, but I had been to Miss Georgia's Outstanding Team twice and then Miss Georgia three times. So Wow. That's And we that's started the same year. So, I know. Yeah. It, was, it was so fun. We did. We went through all of that together. We did. And yeah. Last year was there that you crowned, so we yep. experienced that. So we were there together, too. all of it. Yeah, Absolutely. it was pretty, pretty remarkable. It is. Um, so for me, I did participate in one baby pageant okay (laughs) ironically (laughs) enough um it was held in the local mall in some i don't even know if it was my hometown somewhere hilarious there was two girls me and another girl and i won i think i was like six (laughs) maybe and my mom hated it she's like i did not like this we will not be doing it again i had a blast i didn't really know what i was doing but i had a blast Anyway, so I I did not do another pageant. That was, you know, just one of those local ones that you have. And my Nana, I think, was the one who really wanted my mom to put me in it. So she did it to appease my Nana, and I won. So that was good for the time being. And that was Miss Golden Isles in 2016, right? I think it was. Oh, you missed the one at the mall. Okay, I thought you were. Yes, yes, yes. Continue, sorry. I'm jumping ahead because I was at your first prelim. Yes, you were. And I'm thinking... Dang, she's good. <laughs> I know. Oh we'll, get to, we'll get to talk about that because okay. I remember you were probably the first miss I met. Oh. Um, so, jump to middle school. 
my middle school hosted a, a pageant and it was a fundraiser for the school. And because it was a fundraiser, my mom did let me do it. So I did do the middle school pageant, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade years. And um, all you did was walk in a dress. There was nothing to it <laughs> except mm-hmm. eighth grade. I think we answered a question. And so I did it in sixth grade. I was absolutely terrified. I pretty much was speed running on stage in my dress. And, you know, it was a live and learn moment for sure. And so I I placed in the top five, though. That was pretty remarkable. And then um, seventh and eighth grade, I, I won. So that was really awesome. And then high school actually had a pageant, too. And, again, fundraiser, nothing to it. And so I did participate in the high school pageants as well. But I didn't compete in my first system until I was 18. And that was Miss Golden Isles. Yes. So I actually turned 18 that day. So I barely made the cut that year. Yes, it was my birthday. And I walked into interview 17 and walked out, you know, 18 (laughs) (laughs) is what I say. But that was a very life-changing moment for me. I was very much like you. I grew up very shy. Um what you would consider a wallflower pretty much mm-hmm. and um sat in the back of the classroom didn't want to talk i mean my face would turn so flush if i was called on and you know there was even moments in in high school where i ate my lunch in the bathroom i mean i just oh. i had such high anxiety i i had friends and i was well known i just didn't have a lot of very close friends right. and um i think a lot of that was uh, in part due to my active lifestyle and being a dance teacher and, and dancing myself and gymnastics and everything. But I, I struggled with anxiety my entire life and a lot of that kind of played into it as well. I just, I didn't have a voice. I, I didn't know how to use my voice. I didn't even mm-hmm. know what speaking up looked like. And um, the only way I really found any confidence was in gymnastics and dance. And so that's where a lot of my priorities lied back then. I trained so hard in gymnastics my entire life and had planned on competing collegiately. That was the goal. <laughs> you know, it would have been great to be a gym dog. Absolutely. But unfortunately, uh, my eighth grade year, I suffered an injury that took me out of gymnastics entirely. And so when I went to high school, uh, I shifted my, my focus to dance. And that's kind of when I started diving into the choreography uh, component of, of who I am. And I loved it. I I really found I had a passion for dance that I hadn't really seen before. And uh, I definitely didn't anticipate being a a choreographer, that's for sure. But I I worked on it so hard, and I was working incredibly uh, hard in in PT to try to rehabilitate my legs so that I could dance again. And, you know, all the fun stuff the next four years. And at that point, uh, in 12th grade, I had pretty much decided that I wanted to dance professionally. I was going to go to college and and get a degree, obviously, but I was ready to commit myself to dancing professionally. I I really Mm -hmm. saw myself in a company, um, living out that dream and that passion, and then maybe later on settling down as a teacher. Uh, But when I was attending a dance intensive, which is just an opportunity for students to come and learn from a variety of teachers that they may not encounter, Um, which was also an intensive that I had to audition for and be selected for. It was held in New York City uh, through Broadway Dance Center at Juilliard. And it was a week-long instructional period of just so much information. Uh, I was ecstatic about the entire experience. 
And I honestly felt like this was my calling. I felt like this is where I was supposed to be. I was doing it right. I was receiving this feedback that was just so encouraging um, and uplifting and my what would have been endeavors at the time. And I left that final day and uh, about two hours after I had left the last day of the intensive, I started having this pain in the back of my leg and I tried to brush it off in the back of my mind. I didn't want to think about, you know, having a re-injury or injuring myself differently. I just didn't want to think about any of that because I just had this incredible experience in this week that was just living up to my expectations. And uh, the next day I woke up and I wasn't able to walk. And so I kind of knew at that point something had happened. We later found out I had retorn my hamstring. That was the original injury from gymnastics, but I also fractured my femur. And um, so I went home you know, my senior year of high school, absolutely devastated. And um, I went through a very dark period of just questioning God, questioning why. I I don't know what I did wrong. I've tried to check off every single box someone could check off. I've worked so hard. I've given up so much. So why is this happening to me? Because it's senior year, you know, I'm applying to colleges. I'm supposed to be a dancer. (laughs) How am I supposed to dance again? How am I supposed to do this? Because They've already told me the likelihood of me re-injuring it is so high. And um, I was able to kind of uh, put more of my focus into teaching that year. And I think that was a saving grace. I think God was kind of aligning that years prior high school. And so he opened this door that I never even saw myself entering. And with that brought hashtag rise up and all the other stuff that we've talked about. And so as much as I was so angry and so depressed and so upset, um, I can look back on my story now and see that, you know, God had a plan for me. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to, to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And although I couldn't see it at the time, he was cultivating this incredible journey for me. And I'm so grateful now for everything that I went through, those trials and those dark periods, because I took what was such a selfish manner, me selfishly wanting to dance and and have the spotlight and focus on me and and I and me again, and having that taken away, that spotlight shifting and selflessly giving my gifts back to my community, to kids who need it, to people who need to hear a story to enlighten them. And... um, you know, a lot of that is in part due because of pageantry. As, mm-hmm. as many stereotypes that come with it, it saved me. It saved me from this rut of, of being, you know, pitied and, and woe is me and thinking, you know, why can't I do this? And instead, it gave me an opportunity to find a new outlet. It, it gave me a voice. I was able to strengthen that voice and find that it mattered and people wanted to listen. And so over the next two years, right before I won Miss Georgia, I saw this drastic change in who I was uh, from Miss Golden Isles to Miss Georgia 2017 and even now. And it's just remarkable for me personally to see that change in myself and my mentality and my confidence and my strength and my endeavors and my desires and passions. And um, I'm just very grateful for the experience. Um, you know, but like I said, Miss Golden Isles, you, I think you were the first Miss that I met. I'm pretty sure oh, Alea came up to me first. She hugged me. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that the queens could come up and talk. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> but you were you were so behind and so gentle, and it it made me feel 
okay? Because I was terrified that I had just won and Adam had come up and said, you're going to Miss Georgia. And I thought I was about to pee myself. Um, <laughs> I, I was so scared. Little did you know. I, yeah, I know, right? And um, <laughs> But no, I think having people like you in the community that, that were just so welcoming uh, gave me some hope that, you know, it was going to be okay. I could get through this and I would have people there for me. Um, so I distinctly remember seeing you there. I even remember seeing you the next year when I was giving up my title. Yes. Um, I feel yeah. like I was always, I mean, it was like an yes. hour, only an hour and a half away and there were not many preliminaries close no, to my area. No, not, not in South Georgia. Yeah. So I, I always went and I love that you say that. I didn't know that, but I mean, yeah. the, the times I, I needed someone a lot, especially whenever I was younger um, as a teen contestant. You know, I, I needed somebody to come be nice to me. Mm-hmm. Well, funny <laughs> I mean, enough, well, I, I don't even know if your viewers know this, but um, you actually crowned me the title that I, I did before Miss George. You know what I mean? And so it's like that friendship started and we didn't even see it. It's like we, we had people there. We, we've always had people there, Absolutely. even if, you know, we didn't always go to them every single second. But mm-hmm. it's always nice to look back and see those connections build and knowing that you do have – a village that's supporting you. Um, you do, especially in pageant you know land. It. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. It's a sisterhood <laughs> for sure. For right. sure. Yeah, so that's my pageant journey. Uh, Miss Georgia was great. I, I loved my year. I loved the work I was able to do. Miss America was an exhilarating experience. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, I didn't come home with a crown, so that was a slight bummer, but I would not have changed the rest of my year for anything at all. And, um, you know, Miss Georgia USA started out really strong. I had so many really great appearances lined up. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get most of those back. But I am excited to see what else I can do for the remainder of my year. Yeah. Again, I I started off strong. I I did a lot. And I've enjoyed this title. It has been such a fun system. The Miss Universe organization just does such a great job in including women and, and their messaging and just being a very well-rounded organization and supporting us as individuals. It's incredible. That's awesome. I love I love to hear that. And well, I competed in the local that you won for Miss yes. USA with you. <laughs> Gosh, we really have a lot more memories than I think I realized. We do. You know? I no, think we we've do. just been in this together for so long. I just don't even think about it. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, you know, even it, just the preliminary. So it was and, so and much fun. You can even attest to this too. I mean it was strange kind of getting back into pageant land because we were the outcasts, you know, we had not done this system, but the girls were still just as welcoming and just as inviting and just as sincere. And I was very happy to see that even though we had a crossover, Mm -hmm. the girls were still the same, you know, and that was such a relief. And, um, I just wish people would, would go to pageants and see the girls and meet the girls, get to know the girls before they have these stereotypes of what pageantry is all about because it's so, so different than than what the media tells you. I've just always tried to preach that message. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people even say, oh, you're a pageant girl. And I think even the first two years, I said, no, I'm not a pageant girl. But now I proudly say, yes, I am. I yep. am a pageant girl. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's hard because there is such a negative connotation that goes along with it. But I don't know, if anybody listens to this episode and they can't understand the positives that come out with it, then... Heck, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, there's always a few bad apples, if you would say, that, you know, can spoil things. There's always going to be, there's always going to be that person, no matter what you're doing, sports, dance, you know, in whatever ring of people you're in, 
there is the potential to have someone that fits that stereotype. But yes. 99% of the time, I mean, everyone is there to help each other to learn um, to grow. I mean, it's just a huge growing experience. And there's yeah. difficulties that come with it. It's not always easy. But it is just the biggest growing experience, one of the best things. And it sounds like for both of us has changed a lot. So I love to hear that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been remarkable. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but uh, thank you, Sarah. Of you know, course. first off, for having me. I know you're about to wrap this up, but yes, um, you know, if anyone has any questions, I'd be more than happy to talk with them. Any of your viewers who make it this long <laughs> in the podcast, <laughs> oh, I know for sure. Um, whether that be about Rise Up, uh, either pageant system, even about pageantry as a whole, let's talk about the stereotypes and and let's. Let's have a conversation. Again, we talked about this earlier. Let's have a conversation. Um, Anyone can reach out to me at uh, my Instagram account. They can DM me at Alyssa underscore Beasley or on my personal uh, pageant account now, which it was not personal, but it's my account for a year. It's um, at Miss G-A-U-S-A. And so I, I am always on that account. I'm always checking for messages. So if anyone has questions, I'd be more than happy to talk with them about any of the topics that we've discussed tonight because I always love talking. I always love sharing my heart and, and my thoughts. And not everyone wants to hear them all the time, but <laughs> if you're willing to listen, I'd be happy to share. Absolutely. Well, that was the next thing I was going to ask you is to share your social media. So that's perfect. Um, everyone go follow Alyssa. You always post the most just positive things on each of those accounts. Um, so make sure you go follow her for sure. But thank you so much. And we haven't talked in a while, so I've thoroughly I enjoyed know. this from a lot of different aspects. But I hope everyone can listen and take a lot from it. I know they will. So, oh, Well, right. thanks, Sarah. I'll talk to you so soon. Sounds good. Thanks. As always, thank you guys for listening to the There She Mentors podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at There She Mentors underscore podcast. Remember, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you love the show and you want to see more content, please, 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 please leave a rating or review on either of those podcasting platforms. It's the best thing that's going to allow more people to find the There She Mentors podcast and hopefully continue to inspire and mentor others. Hope to talk to you guys next Monday and I hope you have a fabulous week.